Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. But falling for the temptation to get lost in some of the details, it's going to be hard not to do that because I really need to get to a certain spot. Uh, amen. But what you need to know about the tabernacle, it actually means, uh, and, and I think when God, when I get to settle down a little bit, we may do a full study on the tabernacle because if you don't understand the tabernacle, there's so much of the Bible you will not understand. Because the Hebrews talks about it. Paul will use scriptures thinking you know what the tabernacle is. I'll show you some of them. Uh, because everything revolved around the tabernacle. God told Moses to build the tabernacle. And actually Moses built this tabernacle according to the pattern in heaven. So there's a spiritual similitude of this tabernacle in heaven right now. Uh, and the word tabernacle, and you're going to notice it in your Bible from now on, but remember, remember we're talking about prayer. We're going to talk about dimensions of prayer or realms of prayer. The word tabernacle uh, comes from a Hebrew word which means residence or dwelling place. Uh, it's also known as the tent of congregation or the tent of meeting. Uh, in other words, it was the place God designed to meet with his people for his people to be able to meet together and for God to be able to meet with them uh, because God always wanted to dwell with his people from the beginning. That's why the veil was rent when Jesus died on the cross because God, so God could dwell with his people. So he's always had a dwelling place. Now we could teach the temple in so many ways. Your body is the temple. The temple, the tabernacle, can y'all see that? Wow, y'all got good eyes. The tabernacle is made up of three compartments. Don't you notice? See that little red squiggly line? That's the outer veil. You got a second veil, and you got a third veil. So the tabernacle, excuse me, the tabernacle is made up of three compartments. You're made up of three, body, soul, and spirit. That's such good teaching on a different level. I got to stay away from it. Uh, so this was a portable, earthly dwelling place of God. That tabernacle moved around in the wilderness with them. And it represented the body of Christ walking around in the temple. Every lace, every peg, every piece of curtain, everything here pointed towards Christ. It represented Christ. So the tabernacle is the body of Christ. It represents Christ. It represents your body because you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and God dwells in you. It's so big, okay? It was also the place where God revealed himself. And you can teach this stuff and you can see God in every aspect of the tabernacle. <clears throat> but I want to talk about, if you're taking notes, write down three dimensions of prayer. Three dimensions that you may have been in or you may have not, that you may uh, recognize them when I talk about them. If not, I want you to start pushing towards them. When you come to the tabernacle, you come to the first dimension. It's called the courtyard or the outer court. It really represents the flesh. If, it, if we were talking about your body, it's the flesh. In the courtyard, you have the bronze altar and the bronze laver. That's all that's in the courtyard, okay? 
So, in the, in the, this is the first dimension of prayer. Now, let me try to tie this together. In the outer court is this huge brazen altar where sacrificial animals were brought to that altar. That's the square right inside the veil. They were brought in there. They were killed on that altar. They were burnt and offered up to God. It represented repentance. It represents the sacrificial lamb, Jesus Christ, for your sins. Are you still with me? Are you with me? Amen. So the first thing you come to is the brazen altar. Uh, and, and on this altar, there was four horns on this great big altar. And the reason they were four horns is because when you brought that screaming goat in, he did not want to die. So they would lay him on the altar and they would tie him to the horns. Amen. This represents the flesh who does not want to die. Amen. Sometimes we got to tie the flesh to an altar of prayer or the flesh will talk you out of praying. He'll talk you out of being holy. Huh? Look at your neighbor and say, you got to tie it down. Because he will try to squirm off the altar. Oh, I ain't got time to play with that, but y'all ought to shout it right there. Amen. Sometimes you can't just let your flesh do what you want him to do. You got to tie him to a cross. Amen. You got to tie him to the altar. So that's the first thing is a brass altar. The second thing you come to, you see that round brass or bronze laver. It's where the priest did their ceremonial washing before they would enter into the next dimension. There's three dimensions. You got to remember the whole goal was to get from the outer court into the holy place, into the very presence of God. That is our goal in prayer. That's what we're talking about. In prayer is to leave one dimension and don't stop until you get into the presence of God. It's a process. Somebody shout process. It's a process. Amen. So the labor is made out of brass too. I'm going to be talking fast and pouring out some stuff. The, the labor is brass too. And it's made out of bronze mirrors. That laver, the women's mirrors was polished brass because they didn't have the reflective glass. So this thing was made out of bronze mirrors of the women because of its reflective components. So when the priest walked up to this thing to wash, they would look in and see a reflection of themselves. It represents... The washing of the water by the word. I've come through the altar and got saved. Right? That's what the brazen altar, let's talk about it for a that, that represents I have surrendered my life to Christ. My next step is allowing the word to be a reflection so I can start washing stuff off of me that don't belong. Are you following me? Somebody needs to get this right here. There ain't no way I'm going to finish it. You need to get this right here because uh, uh, just salvation is the first step inside the holy place. And after that is the washing of the water that starts washing stuff off of you. In other words, you've got to take the water and take a bath. You got to do some washing, some things that you may be expecting someone else to take care of. Right? 
I'm going to get hung up right there, and that ain't even where I'm going. So it's the reflective components. Amen. And the reason everything out here is brass. Everything in the outer court is brass. Well, in your Bible, brass uh, is a symbol of judgment. In the outer court, it's all about judgment. In the outer court, it's all about the judgment of our sins, me judging my flesh, me repenting over what I was, me repenting over what I've done. This is one of the first dimensions of prayer is repentance. Are you following me? It's repentance. It's, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm lost. I got to lay my flesh on this altar. Ain't nothing out here but flesh burning. There ain't nothing out here, but I'm telling you, the stench of flesh is out here. Uh, there's blood running downside the altar. This place out here is not a pretty place, but it's a transition place from being out there in the world to in the kingdom of God. I'm going to teach you tonight, you can't live in this place. If you stay there too long, you'll die. If you live in a continual state of repentance, you'll never make it. You have to go to the next dimension. If your prayer life is nothing but repentance, you're not moving. Are y'all listening to me? You're not moving. Hebrews says, do not lay again the foundation of repentance from dead works. If every time you come to God, you're repenting, it's the proof you never got past the outer court. You can't live out there with stinking flesh all the time. You're going to get discouraged. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to somebody. God didn't intend. The goal is to get to the third dimension. The goal is to get into the presence of God. But you can't walk into God in your sinful self. You can't, have, you can't have the level of fellowship and prayer that I'm about to teach on if you got sin in your life. you got to deal with it as soon as you come in. you got to step through the veil and deal with you. And sometimes i got to just tie my flesh to the altar. Am I the only one? Sometimes I tell my flesh, no, you're going to pray. I'll tie you up. Oh, God, somebody better listen to me. You ain't controlling me. You ain't pulling me back out that veil. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Amen. But you got to keep moving. If you stop right here, and here's why you stop right here, amen, is because you don't use the labor. You don't use the labor. You got to use the labor. You got to look over in the labor. Oh, my God, that's me. Oh, my God, I act like that. Oh my God, I talk like that? I got to take the scripture and wash my old attitude off of me. And, my, and I'm, what, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm preparing myself to go to the next dimension with God. I'm preparing to go into the holy place. But I can't go in that holy place until I've went through the baptismal. I got a, the washing of the water by the word. Amen. Uh, Ephesians 5.25. Let me throw some scriptures. You write them down. Don't turn there. I'm in high gear. Amen. <laughs> Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he may sanctify and cleanse it with what? The washing of the water by the word. Listen to me. You can't get saved and not come to Bible study. You can't get saved and not study your Bible. You can't get saved and not read your Bible. It's the next step to prepare you for another dimension in God because it's the Word that washes you. 
right. Oh, here's one for you. Write this down. Psalms 119 and 9. Wherewith, just write it down and listen to me. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to the word of God. If you've been saved over a very short period of time, and when you come to God, you feel like you need to repent, it's the proof you're not letting the word wash you of that sin. You're just holding on to it. You're just holding. You didn't tie yourself to the altar. Thank you. Good preaching, Pastor. How shall a young man cleanse his way? By going to church. How shall a young man cleanse his way? By getting the pastor to take, uh, pray for you. How shall a young man cleanse his way? By being obedient. You know, how to do, you know how to get delivered of disobedience? Obey. Oh, you don't like that. Oh, would you pray for me that I'll quit disobeying God? Uh, no, you take your own bath. I ain't bathing you. You got a big old beard and tattoo. I ain't bathing you. You hear me? Are you listening to me? I have to come in this first dimension in repentance, and then I have to lean over that labor. But that priest is saying, I'm getting ready for the next dimension. I'm getting ready to go into that second veil. I'm getting ready to go into that second veil. Amen. Here's one for you. Psalms 119.11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. You got a problem sinning? It's because you ain't got no word. You got a problem with your temper? You have no word. You got, you're rude? You have no word. I didn't say you didn't know a scripture. I said you ain't applied it to wash that junk off of you. Amen. We're living in a generation where people here, they're teaching. I'm going to prove to you. They're teaching the word they don't live by. Because it didn't cleanse you. It didn't wash you. That's why we got filthy Christians sitting in churches with filthy attitudes and filthy dispositions because we didn't allow the reflective device of the word to show me that pimple on my face and I got it off of me. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Look at what Jesus said. John 15, 3. Now you are clean through the word. Huh? If you ain't studying your Bible, you ain't bathing. That's what I smell in the church. What? That's what I smell when I get around you. You ever heard somebody say, you got a stinking attitude? You want to know why? You didn't bathe. Thank you, Joe. I was wondering when you was going to help me out. Shut under the double side. Here's one for you, 1 Peter 1, 22. Seeing you, you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit. Amen. I didn't sit back and wait on somebody to cleanse my soul. I purified my soul through obedience to the truth. Wash your own rump. That's what he's saying right there. Is that legal? <laughs> Woo, I come back with an anointing tonight. Amen. I ain't washing it for you. The, the labor is there. You got, and it's, it's, it's a mirror and brass, meaning this thing, amen. The reason you don't like this thing is it judges you. I'm going to do a teaching on judging too. I'm so sick of don't judge me. Don't judge me. I got a message for you that Paul said, you mean you can't, you're going to judge angels one day and you can't judge things in the house of God? This is a, a, a standard of judgment and it will judge your nastiness. And then you get to take it and wash that nasty self off. Thank you, baby. Glad you came tonight. Listen to me. I got to get out of the outer court, but God never intended you to stay here. 
You can't stay in a spirit of repentance or you will quit church. You can't live out here. God didn't want. It stinks out there. It's hot out there. There's death out there. There's blood out there. It's a place of, oh, God, forgive me. Amen. But it's a place of washing and cleansing. That I ain't going to teach it tonight. But that labor also represents baptism after salvation. Somebody say, keep moving, Pastor. High five your neighbors say you got to go to the next dimension. Go to the next dimension. Now, I'm trying to keep this related to prayer. Amen. Quit coming to God in repentance. If you're coming in repentance, it's because that repentance ain't real anyway. If you're still repenting over the same sin, it's not repentance. Because true repentance will wash it off of you. I need somebody to get a hold of that. Huh? No, you're not repenting. You're sorry. You're sorry and you're guilty and you keep acting like you're acting, doing what you're doing. You're living out there. And I'm telling you, you, you just don't understand what's on the other side of that veil. Amen. Uh, somebody say, go to the next dimension. Okay, we're going to go there in prayer. We're going to go there in prayer. The next dimension. Write this scripture down. Hebrews 6 and 1. Let us go on and y'all listen to me. Are y'all listening? Amplified version. Let us go on and get past the elementary stage in the teachings and the doctrines of Christ, advancing steadily towards completeness and perfection that belong to spiritual maturity. Let us not again be laying the foundation of repentance from dead works. He said, you got to grow up. Shake your neighbor and tell him, grow up. Quit acting like a two-year-old. We put you in position around here to teach people and you throw in a fit mess in your diaper. It's a disgrace in the body of Christ. Things are about to change around here. Amen. You can't have babies leading babies. Amen. You can't teach me the inner court if you're living in the outer court. I'm going to show that to you. Amen. Somebody say go to the next dimension. The second dimension is the inner court. The second dimension is the inner court. But I need you to know there's a veil that you got to go through to get into the outer court. And then when you get that place mastered, I feel like I'm leaving y'all out. When you get that place mastered, you got to go through another veil to get to the inner court. Well, I, I got the scriptures, but I ain't got time to work it. The veil represents the flesh. It says when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was rent and he made a way into the holy place through his flesh. Okay? So when you're in prayer, you're going to be praying out here in this dimension. And before you can go into the next dimension, you're going to hit the flesh. And your flesh is going to say, just stay where you're at. Just stay where you're at. You're a nominal Christian. You're just as good as so-and-so. Just stay where you're at. You're going to hit it. You're going to hit it. You're going to hit it in prayer. Amen. Uh, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You just didn't know what you was hitting. And, or, 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 or your flesh says, oh, you've prayed enough. You, huh? Uh, you've prayed enough. That's good. That's good. As you hit that veil. You're right there at the veil. Amen. And right there, you've got to push so the Holy Spirit can reach down and rip that veil. And then you get to go to another dimension of prayer that maybe you've never experienced before. But you're still headed towards the ultimate dimension in prayer. Most Christians never get out of this place. 
It's always, oh, God, forgive me for this. You're so good. Out here, you're always asking for stuff. Out here, uh, Christianity 101 is if you're still asking for God's things for prayer. Food, clothes, take care of me. That's the most elementary prayer you're ever going to pray. Some don't even know the art of prayer. Amen. I could prove to you that Jesus said, quit asking for all that stuff. That's for children. Quit asking. I, I know what you need. That's Matthew chapter number six and seven, I think it is. Amen. So a lot of us never, we hit this wall and we just quit praying. Well, I got my 10 minutes in. When you hit that wall, you got to push. You got to push. And when you push through that veil, God rips it open and you step into the inner court. And in the, you stepped in behind the veil. Some never make it to this dimension of prayer. Okay, what's it look like in here? Can y'all see that on the screen? In this dimension, you have some furniture. You have the table of showbread. You have the altar of incense. And you have the seven-branched lampstand. Y'all, I'm going to go back and teach this stuff where you can really understand it. You have the, the, the seven-branched lampstand. Uh, lamp it's called the menorah. Have y'all seen pictures of the menorah? It's a candlestick, and it's got seven different uh, avenues coming up from it. This is what sat in the temple, and it run on oil, and it was ablaze in there. This golden candlestick was a 175-pound piece of gold. There wasn't no wood in it. I'm going to teach y'all about wood and gold later. There wasn't no wood in it. It was solid gold. I wish I had a picture of that. Next time I teach, I'm going to just picture... This lamp coming down and it comes up and there's three wings coming off this way and there's three coming off this way and they're all perfect at the top and they got bowls and there's little fires burning. So there's seven fires burning on the Manoah. It had seven stems of light which represents divine perfection. Are y'all okay? I'm pouring this out. Ain't it? it's, it's divine perfection in illumination. So in other words, the menorah represents the Holy Spirit, which illuminates and guides our life. Okay? It represents the Holy Spirit. So I've done stepped into a dimension now that prayer is getting better. Because now I'm not out here with stinking flesh. I've conquered. I've overcome. And I've stepped into a realm. I've told my flesh, you're going to pray when you don't want to. I've told my flesh, I'm not quitting because I hadn't got to where I want to be yet. And now you step into a realm and the Holy Spirit starts showing you some stuff. Okay? Now the Holy Spirit is eliminating some stuff. Amen? Uh, it's the Holy Spirit that guides our life. In here, outside was natural light. Okay, out there was just natural light. And when you first start off, you're kind of living by natural light. You know, especially as a new Christian, you don't have a whole lot of the light of the word. So you're just kind of natural light. and You're depending on people to get you along. It's just a brand new baby. But now you're growing and you're growing in prayer. And you're, you've stepped into a place that's totally covered. And the only light in there is the Holy Spirit. There's no other light. The light of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so it represents, this represents you and I living by the Spirit. It represents being led by the Spirit. It represents being taught by the Spirit. And in our study tonight, we're going to be talking about the Spirit of prayer. So in here, everything the priest is doing is by the light of the Holy Spirit. 
It's telling us, all of you, especially you ministers, but laity, amen. Everything we do for God must be illuminated by the Holy Spirit. It must be directed by the Holy Spirit. It must be guided by the Spirit. You remember the scriptures in Galatians says, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That means live by the light of the menorah. That my life is being governed by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. In other words, I don't belong to me anywhere. I don't get to make my own decisions. The Holy Spirit says this, that's what I do. Okay? No matter what my flesh is saying, stay with me. We're, gonna, we, we, we're going somewhere. Thank you, Kamal. So when you step in here now, your Holy Spirit, your prayers are being led by the Spirit. Now your prayer is being, you're no longer, it's no longer about you. You're no longer repenting over your stuff. You've stepped into a new dimension where the Holy Spirit says, okay, now I want to start taking you somewhere in prayer. I want to start using you in prayer. I want to start praying through you. Okay? So the Holy Spirit can lead you in your prayers. It, listen to this. I'm going to make some bold statements here. The Holy Spirit can lead you in your English prayers. In your intellectual prayers, using your voice, your vocal cords, and your language. The Holy Spirit can even inspire the prayers you pray. The ones you pray with your own understanding, okay, with your own intellect. But the most profound and the most powerful and perfect prayer that you will ever pray is the prayer that is prayed by the Holy Ghost. Now, now, this is deeper. This is deeper. Amen. This is when I'm not praying in my language. I'm not even praying what my mind can come up with. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to take over me, and I'm praying in a language I don't even understand because it's the language of God, and that is the Holy Ghost praying on a level that nobody can touch. It's perfect. It's holy. It ain't got nothing to do with you and what. You may be praying for your daughter and you may be praying selfishly. You may be praying for something and praying selfishly because it would sure ease your mind if she was saved. It would sure make you feel better if my husband wasn't jacked up. It sure make me, are you following me? And you will pray out of your intellect. But there is a realm. Romans 8, 26, when I don't know how to pray as I ought, and I go to praying in the Holy Ghost. And buddy, it is the Spirit of God interceding to God on your behalf. If you have not been baptized in the Holy Ghost, if you don't pray in the Spirit, that ought to be your main prayer. I want, to, I want to pray in the Holy Ghost. I want the power of the Holy Ghost. I want the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And that spirit will take you to dimension uh, a prayer like you have never known. Okay, let's go, let's go a little, 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 little further. Also in here is the table of showbread. Now on this table was 12 cakes. Twelve cakes. I'm going to get y'all some better pictures. Table of showbread was twelve cakes. And every piece of furniture has such a great meaning that I don't have time to teach you tonight. It was twelve pieces of bread. 
uh, on this table of showbread, uh, on, this, uh, on the table. And it was made out of unliving bread. Amen. And the 12 cakes represented the 12 tribes of Israel. In New Testament, you could say it represented the body of Christ. Amen. That when we come to prayer, we bring the body before Christ, before God in prayer. Okay? But let's take it a little deeper. It also represents bread. And Jesus said, I am what? I am the bread of life. Okay? And the word of God is what? Bread from heaven. Right? In Old Testament, it was manna coming down. So in essence, over there on that table, you have uh, a representation of everything Christ is. You have a representation of the word of God that's in this prayer closet with you now. Okay? Just stay with me. We're going to put all these three together. You got, you got the bread of heaven in there. Amen. So I got on one side, I got bread that represents Christ. And Christ is the what? The word. He is the truth. Right? He's word. He's truth. And on the left side over here, I got the menorah, which represents what? Holy Spirit. Light, illumination, and Holy Spirit. So in this realm, I got spirit and I got truth leading me in my prayer. I got spirit and I got truth leading me in my prayer. Let me tell you how important that, that is. Amen. In this place of prayer, I'm being led by the spirit and I'm being led by the truth. It's not all truth with no spirit and it's not all spirit with no truth. That's important. All truth with no spirit will make you mean. That's what the Pharisees was. They had, they had the word and they were standing there with a stone in their hand saying, you know, we're finna stone her to death because she's been caught in adultery and we got the truth that says she is to be stoned. So they had all truth and no spirit. And now you got churches rising up that's got all spirit and no truth. Just a bunch of wild, jangling, amen. Uh, I don't know what words to use there. Just going crazy, all spirit, all wooey, all, all just, just, just wooey. And no truth to bring conviction in their lives. Just a whole bunch of hype with no conviction that keeps us. In this place, it's a perfect balance of spirit and truth. So here in this place is where we start praying the word. Right? We got the truth in there. We got the menorah in there. We got the candle in there. I'm going to show you the last piece of furniture before we move out of. We, we done stepped into a room now. I'm not just repenting. I've overcome my sins. I've washed myself. I've been baptized Amen. I'm not walking in sin no more. I'm in a whole dimension, new dimension of prayer. And in here, I got the truth with me. I got the Holy Spirit with me. And my prayers are now being led by the Spirit. And now I'm praying truth. If you don't know the Word, you'll never pray on this level. You listen to me. If you don't know the Word, your prayer life is going to be really short. Because all you're going to know to do is ask God for some stuff. If you never go to this dimension uh, to where you're living in a place with the Word, 
You're, you're making sure the word is in here. The priest had to cook them cakes like God said, and they had to set them on. This was a place of working for the priest. They had to make sure there was oil in the menorah. They couldn't let the oil go out. They couldn't let the lamp go out. Amen. If they didn't keep putting oil in the menorah, the Holy Ghost would go out. Is anybody hearing what I'm screaming right now? If you want to stay filled with the Holy Ghost, you got to keep pouring oil in the menorah. Because if you don't, it will go out. The fire will go out. So it's my responsibility to make sure that I keep the fire burning. I got to keep oil in it. I got to keep pouring the word. I got to keep fellowshipping with God. I got to keep this thing burning or it will go out. I can't depend on the preacher to keep my fire burning. I can't depend on my brother. I love everybody, but I can't depend on you, amen, to keep my oil. Matter of fact, there's a parable about five wise and five foolish. They ran out of oil and tried to borrow some. They said, uh-uh, you go get your own. Tell your neighbor, get your own oil. Huh? It's your responsibility to keep it burning. Amen. Well, I spoke in tongues 10 years ago. He said, be ye continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Continual. Keep it full. Keep it full. Amen. Why? So when you go into prayer, you're not depending on your own intellect to pray. That's where we all start. But remember, we're moving forward. We're moving forward so the Holy Ghost can pray. So here's where we begin to pray and stand in the agreement of the Word. And here in this place is where now I'm praying and I'm praying for my children and I'm taking God's Word and I'm using them. I'm using them. I don't know, I ain't never gave you. Some of y'all have some of these right here. The most powerful prayers you can pray is in the Holy Ghost. Do you know your Bible says in the book of Jude, building up your most holy faith. How? There's a faith in you. The only way you can build it up is by praying in the Holy Ghost. And just praying in the Holy Ghost. Y'all don't know what I'm praying. I don't even know what I'm praying, but the Holy Ghost is praying through me right now. And when I get through, my faith is so strong. What you say to me don't bother me no more. Oh my God. Are y'all listening to me? We're uncomfortable with this, ain't it? Amen. You've got to keep pushing till you start praying in the Spirit. You've got to keep pushing. That little mealy mouth prayer, amen. Some of y'all may not even been baptized with the Holy Ghost yet. Uh, I prayed over Joshua earlier. He said, I want this. I want it. Seek for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's power. Son, I can feel that when I pray it. It's in me. It's the Holy Spirit praying through me. And you know what? He's praying the perfect will of the Father. God, I got to move on. I got this book I made myself. Has anybody ever done anything like this? Do you get the scriptures? Do you go into this place and say, I got it. Uh, I got it titled. My favorite one is the salvation of your children. Deuteronomy 30 and 6. And the Lord your God will circumcise their hearts, uh, the hearts of your seed. Are you listening to me? So I'm praying now in my prayer closet. No wonder you can't pray five minutes. Amen? You don't work it. You don't know how to pray. You got to get in here and get the word. I'm praying in here with a menorah and I got bread. 
And I'm saying, you said right here, God, my children are going to be saved. huh? Amen. Proverbs 20, the just man walks as his integrity and the children are blessed after him. Amen. They ain't no more powerful prayer than to say, my children are blessed. Amen. My children. And I got, I just got list of them. Amen. The Lord shall increase you more and more and your children. What am I doing? I'm praying the word. God's word don't come back void. Amen. You're not praying yet if you ain't praying the word. Amen. Let me rephrase that. You're still praying an elementary prayer. Break through the veil. Take time to get scriptures to fight with. Amen. Aren't your kids worth it? Aren't relationships, aren't souls worth it? To say, I got to have bread in here. I got to have light in this, this level of prayer in here. A lot of people never goes to this place of prayer because it's always about you. Oh, God, help me to make it through the day. My God, are you serious? God needs you to stand in the gap for lost people to bind devils and tear down kingdoms. And you're praying, God, help me make it through the day. It's because you live in the outer court. You got to go to the next dimension. Because the next piece of furniture, see it way back here, it's the altar of incense. The altar of incense. The, the, the rabbis of the old, now I don't have scripture for this, but I like it, so I'm going to say it. Here was an altar, and the, the rabbis would take coal off of the altar out here, and they would bring it in here, and they would lay it on this altar, and they would put a special incense on it. That's a whole week's teaching on incense. And, it was a, and when they would lay the incense on there, smoke would come up. And it was a fragrance. Feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Feel that, Steve? All of a sudden, they stepped back. Amen. They got the light of the Holy Spirit. They got the Word. And they've laid incense on this altar. And it starts smoking. And it's a beautiful fragrance. And God said that your prayers are as a fragrance. And the smoke going up is the priest watching his prayers go right up into the heavenlies. Oh my God, y'all. Now, why? Because he's praying in the Spirit. He's praying with the word. There ain't a bunch of flesh in here. Amen. And God is saying, it's in Revelations. I ain't got time to show you all of it. It's in Revelations to where it says that the angels took this smoke and they mixed it on the altar of God in heaven. Amen. They put it in a vial and they threw it back down to heaven. That's your prayers. When it's the word, when it's in the spirit. You listening to me? I'm telling you, this is a dimension of prayer that a lot of people don't know about. We want, we rolling around in some prayer. Oh God, you just please help me. Hallelujah, praise God. What am I supposed to say? What am I? If you don't know what to say, get this stuff. Get the word. Just say what God's saying. You can't go wrong with that. Uh, what I was going to tell you is, I found out that the rabbis says this was the part of the temple service that was the most beloved by God was the burning of incense because it was his people talking to him. The thing that you hate to do and don't do and fight doing is the only thing God really enjoys, prayer. You think it's your worship, you think it's your song, you think it's all that. No, it's prayer. It's prayer because in prayer, it's a beautiful fragrance coming into the heavenlies of you communing with God. 
and you forfeit it for a little religious 10 minute on your knees God help me make it through the day and lay down at night and say God forgive me for what I did today you're in the outer court I don't even know if you're saved hear me tonight I'm just telling you my heart if we're continually habitually sinning we must not come through the veil because just coming through the veil of repentance takes you out of the, that dimension into this dimension y'all okay High five your neighbor, tell him, go to the next dimension. You've been there, haven't you? I feel it on you. I'm going to pray over you. <laughs> God, I feel it on you, buddy. So you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Has anybody went into this dimension to where the Holy Spirit started on both sides? He started bringing scripture to you. Huh? Have you ever been there to where you were praying and God brought a scripture to you and the menorah shined on it and you started praying that scripture and it come alive to you and it changed your life and it was sweet smelt. This is what it looked like to David, Psalms 141 and 1. A psalm of David, Lord, I call upon you, hasten to me, give ear to my voice when I cry to you. Let my prayer be set forth as incense before you, the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. We're not killing goats anymore, but he said, when I stand before God in my prayer closet and I lift my hands to him, he said, smell that Jesus Oh, he said, Jesus, smell that sweet faith, Savior, that's coming out of that man's prayer closet. Amen. And look at his sacrifice. Amen. You so proud, you won't even lift your hands. And we so proud. We, we so prayerless. Somebody said, you need to go back to Texas. We so prayerless. We sit in worship services and watch people worship. Amen. Let me tell you why you don't lift your hands in church. It's because you don't lift your hands in your prayer closet. Amen. You will do in public what you do in private. The reason we don't get excited in church is we don't get excited in prayer closets. If you lift your hands in church and you don't lift them in prayer closet, you're a hypocrite. You're just doing it for show. You ever running down a road? You're a crybaby. I can look at you and tell. You ever running down a road and just cry? Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost yet? Huh? Oh, my God. Well, I want you to start using that gift. and pray. I was going to pray for you right there. <laughs> Amen. And run now. And just tears streaming because you done entered into a place. And there is an, a, a fragrance coming out to God. We're wondering why God ain't moving and our family's a wreck. It's because we don't pray. Don't pray. We're prayerless. And then we will come in here. Amen. Pr praise team, don't come in here and sing to me about a God you didn't sing to on your back porch. Don't, are you listening to me, preacher? Come on. Don't come in here with all that, that message he preached Sunday. Who needs that stuff? It was the best message I ever heard in my life. Don't come in here. Amen. You want to know why it was so real, come on? Because it was real in your prayer closet. Amen. If you don't believe it, don't tell it to nobody else. If you don't, if, if, if I ain't got to the inner holy of holies yet. You'll know when you step into this dimension, you stepped out of self-consciousness. 
when you go into the second dimension. It's no longer about what you have done or what you have not done. It's about, oh my God, the Holy Spirit's revealing things to me. If the only revelation you ever get is on a Sunday morning, amen, you have not went in this dimension. If the only revelation you get out of a word is out of somebody's devotional, you've never been to this place. I'm not against devotionals. Amen. I listen to preachers all the time. I read. Amen. But if that's what you live on, you're living on the milk. Amen. When God wants you to rip that veil and say, I'm going to pray past five minutes. I'm going to pray past two minutes. I'm going to pray past 15 minutes. You know what Jesus required out of you? One hour. Somebody said, oh, you got to be kidding. Jesus required one hour, didn't he? He told his disciples, you couldn't tarry with me how long? Jesus said it. You mean you can't pray one hour? If Jesus here, that's what he'd be saying. He'd be looking at you right now. I mean, you serious? You can't pray one hour? It's because we don't know how to pray. We don't know how to go from one dimension to another. We don't know how to get ammunition to pray with. We don't know how. And the other thing is, we ain't got time. Well, if you ain't got time for God, God ain't got time for you. Somebody tweet that. <laughs> Are you being religious or legalist? No, I'm just talking to people who wants to go to the next dimension. I don't want you preaching in this church if you can't pray. You're preaching to praying people, and they're going to yawn while you preach if you don't pray. If you ain't got time to pray, you ain't got time to preach. You might preach something that he don't want you preaching. You may preach in the flesh. I got one for you. You may say some stuff, amen, that's in the Bible and say it in the flesh and you've contaminated it. You got to pray. I got to get to this third dimension. God has took me to the mountain. I'm telling you, I ain't been to Texas. I've been to the mountain. I've been to the mountain in prayer. He whirled me out of my bed at 3 o'clock in the morning and said, I want my people to pray. My people has got to come back to prayer. we got to come back to it. He showed me the dimension. You're stopping too soon. You're stopping at the veil instead of letting that veil of your flesh be in rent and push past your feelings. And I'm like, well, I don't feel it. The devil is a liar. Tie your feelings to the altar until it dies. Are y'all okay? I love y'all. Okay, now the third dimension. I've gotten double shut up. I've come out of the first dimension. I'm tired of apologizing for speaking in tongues. I'm tired of apologizing. The church gets uncomfortable when you speak in tongues, and it's the greatest gift ever known to man. It's what I live on. It's what fires me. It's what keeps me praying in the Holy Ghost, and we want to keep it quiet so you don't offend somebody. Are y'all? I'm a wreck, y'all. I'm a mess. Listen, third dimension in, in 11 minutes. Oh, my God, in the third dimension. And see, you don't get to th go in the third. This is where I'm telling you very few people go. I'm talking preachers and all. Because this is the Holy of Holies. And there's another veil. It's easy to stay out here and read books on prayer talk about prayer, teach on prayer, take the scripture and read prayers. But in this place, there's no menorah. It's dark. There's no natural light. There's no light of nothing. It's pitch black dark. And God lives in there. Go figure that out. 
It's another veil. It's, you can't see your hand in front of your face. And you can't, the, look, look where the altar of incense is. It's right in front of that veil. And God is so holy, even though you've made it this far, you can't just run through that veil. You got to get a smoke going. <laughs> because it starts filling the atmosphere. Yadabosai. And the priest had a, uh, I don't remember the name of it, but it's swinging like this. It's a bowl. They took that incense and they put it in there and they put a lid on it. Amen. And, and they're swinging it and it's smoking. And they'll walk up to that veil and they'll stick their hand in there and go to, so that that room is filled with smoke because you can't come into the presence of God without, hallelujah, God. I love you, Father. You are holy. Oh, is anybody, amen. You can't just march up in there. God, I need my bills paid. I need my kids saved, amen. Matter of fact, when you get to this point, none of that matters because God is in this place. I'm going to step into, you ever been there, Branson? I'm going to step into the presence of God. And you got to be real careful about walking in here. Most of you would get killed if he let you go in there because you got anger, animosity, and everything else in our hearts. That's why it was supposed to be dealt with at the altar, at the labor, with the menorah, with the bread. Amen. This is, it's, it's another veil that I got to push through. Amen. It may take 30 minutes. It may take an hour of the scripture and the, and the devil's wanting you to stop, but you got you to rend another veil to get to this dimension. And when you step into there, it's just God. Because the Ark of the Covenant's in there, and that's where God dwelled. If you saw that thing out in the wilderness, there would be a fire that shot down, and God was setting up in there like this. <laughs> Woo! God was setting up in there between two angels like this in a flame of fire. Just, just wanting you to come on in. Come on in. Let us come boldly. Amen. We don't even know what that scripture thing. We think we can just transcend there. Amen. To come boldly to this place means your conscience is so clear. Your spirit is so clean. Your flesh is so clean. And you're barefooted as a goose because you done kicked your shoes off. Amen. In a spirit of holiness. And when you step into this place, you got confidence because you know the Holy Spirit's done cleansed you. The word is leading you. Now you can come in. And when you come into that place, it's nothing but you and God. It's just you and God. And all of a sudden, you're not praying about your little money. You're not praying about your little marriage. You're not praying about your little, your little, your little job and your 401k. You're not praying about nothing about it. It's you in the presence of God. And all of a sudden, when you're in here, catch this. When you're in here, Everything that he is starts permeating you. All of a sudden, you start getting delivered of your character. Sita, yadaba. This is the proof. Some of you ain't never been there because you're still nasty. You're still ugly. You're still argumentative. You're still, you're still, you're still gossip. You're still backbite. You're still... You still can't control your feelings and emotions. It's because you hadn't been to this place. And when you step through this veil, because you're in the presence of God, His nature starts transforming your nature. 
This is where your emotions and feelings of God becomes yours. Or you'll know when you get here. Can I tell you something? If you don't go to this place and you do make it to the holy place, you'll do a lot of talking the word. You'll even teach the word. You'll tell others about the word. Amen. But when somebody pushes you the wrong way, you act like you're still in the courtyard. Are y'all okay? That's when you'll know. I got a whole lot of word, but I have no nature of God. Because God is not short-tempered. It's when I'm in here that I lose myself. And I become like Him. You can tell people who are third-dimensional prayers. That's what I call them. They're third-dimensional. They hang out with God. They don't just hang out with His Word. They hang out with the God of the Word. My God, I got a scripture for you. You know the Word, but you don't know the God of the Word. You can put scriptures together, but don't have the character of Christ. Because you never go into this dimension of prayer. I never go there. Most of you ain't got time to go there. You know what I wished? If you ain't got time to go there, stop preaching. Stop teaching. Stop trying to lead other people. Come on. I just need to preach this to all us elders. If you're not going to go there, because anybody can take the word and share it with somebody, but when you start going into this place, it changes your character. And then you come out with the character of the word you're preaching. And it makes it powerful. It starts changing people's lives. Amen. We have trained the body. Listen, I got a scripture for you. Write down John 5, 39. Jesus said, you search and investigate and pour over scriptures diligently because you think you're going to find life in them. And I'm standing right here and you won't talk to me. What? Study is not a substitute for prayer. And you ought to study, come on. You better study. Don't come preach to me if you don't study. I want you to know what you're talking about. Put your books up. Put the books back on the shelf and quit reading about prayer. And get in the closet and practice it. Because nobody can teach you how to pray. Nobody can really teach you how to. They can give you the principles. But there ain't but one way to learn how to pray. And that's to pray. Jesus said, you're just pouring through the scriptures. And I'm standing here trying to talk to you. And I ain't got time to talk to you. I'm studying. <laughs> you ever been there? I have. Are, are y'all with me tonight? Oh, it's so good that I'm bringing this down. And I'm going to finish this for tonight. Amen. He said, you're pouring over the scriptures. I'm standing here. You don't want to really fellowship with me. You want, to, you want to get a good thought and go share it with everybody else. And he said, Esther, you're not willing to come to me so that you can have real life. Have you ever wondered why Christianity is such a burden? Really, somebody just answer me. You ever really wondered why? Why ain't there more joy in this? Why ain't there more freedom in this? Why, why is this such a ball and chain? It's because we don't pray. We're trying to do spiritual things without going into the presence 
of God. I'm challenging this church. I don't know when I'll get to stand before you again. I can't. I ain't got time to testify of, of God reviving and bringing alive and what he's doing. I don't know when I'll get to stand before you again, but I'm challenging you right here, right now. Rend the veil. Go into the second dimension. Get the Bible. Get the word and walk and pray. You ever do that? Just, just walk and pray with the word. Okay, God, what am I praying for? I need to pray about my finances. Amen. Well, quit just saying God bless my finances. Find out what God said about your finances and then stand in prayer under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and stand in agreement with God's word on your finances. Your health. I got all these scriptures here. I got it all right here. I could just give it to all of you. I got it right out of your Bible. Let me give you one. Y'all are looking at me like, Pastor has flipped. He has, and I ain't coming back. You hear me? I've stepped into a dimension I'm not coming out of. There's victory over the devil, uh, promises for growth. I was looking for the one on healing. I wanted to give y'all a couple. Amen. It's like taking medicine. I got so many scriptures, I don't know. <laughs> you got a Bible, get it yourself. Google it. Google it. Amen. Get, get, get. What, Joe? Come on. Come on, give me one. Thank you. Write it down. Read it loud. There it is. Divine nature. Escaped. God, Joe, I know you can preach on that. Amen. But he just said that we have all things that pertain in life and godliness through what? And the divine nature through what? The knowledge of Jesus. You can't know God if you don't go into the third dimension. You can know all about God, but that's not the same as knowing God until you go into that third dimension. I'm challenging this church. Push through that veil. Pray, pray an hour. My God, I don't know if I can pray an hour. Push! Push! Push through in prayer. Get enough Bible in you to pray. Oh, it ain't in how long you pray. There's some, Jesus said, can't you stay with me one hour? Go into that place and don't quit till you know I've stepped into a dimension. I've stepped into another minute and just keep going until you step into the presence of God. And when that happens, you start being changed. People start seeing something different about you. They start seeing the nature of God. He said it. You start escaping your old corruptible nature. You want to escape it? You got three veils you're going to have to penetrate in prayer. Let's pray. See how quiet it got just now? See how quiet it got? It's because you don't pray. It's because you don't pray. You're ashamed of prayer. You're uncomfortable with prayer. My God's finna anoint you to pray. 
My God, some of us can't pray grace over a meal. You can't hang out with God if you don't pray. Preacher, I'm just not good of it. Hey, just start practicing. Just start practicing. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to push past my flesh. I'm going to push past my feelings. I got to pray. Amen. He said, forgive us for the sin of not praying. Not praying is a sin. Your Bible says not praying is a sin. Father, I'm not going to quit till I get to the presence. I'm not going to quit till I get to the Holy of Holies. I'm not content with an outer court prayer. I'm not going to quit till I step into the room. Oh! Okay, come back into this room with me. I'm challenging you. Change your schedule and start praying. Start praying. Start pushing past the veils and start praying. And watch God change your family. Watch Him change our communities. Watch Him change our church. Watch Him change you. This one last thought and I'm done. Listen, the reason the disciples ran when they come to get Jesus, it's because they slept during prayer time. Jesus didn't. He stood up and said, here I am. And they fell out in the spirit. He said, get up so you can take me to jail. They was asleep one hour before the enemy come. And because they slept through prayer, when the enemy come, they had no courage. Wake up and pray and watch what happens when the devil comes to your house. He'll fall out in the spirit. You lives get the devil full of the Holy Ghost. You won't back up, Branson. You, we, we won't be afraid. We won't be, oh God, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. Are you serious? You'll have the emotions of God and you'll start getting angry about the right things. You'll start getting passionate about the right things. And I'll tell you what's going to happen. Same thing that's happening to me right now. People are going to be offended with you. They're not going to understand you. You know what? I don't care. I want God to understand me. And I want God in my life. And I want somebody to walk up to me, Joshua, just like you did a while ago and say, I want what you've got. That's what I want. And I want to get to the place where I can lay hands on you, brother, and impart everything to make you totally fulfilled. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.